1: as a professional welder Shayna ford uses forge fx to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills the more muscle memory that you have the smoother your weld is learn more at meta.com metaverse impact when you're an american express platinum card member don't be surprised if you say things like chef what course are we on i've, I've lost count or
2: shoot that shoot that And even... Checkout's not until 4, so...
1: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
2: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
0: If you look in the box score, it says the Indianapolis Colts had a 21-point run in the second half to take a lead in the AFC South. The third quarter was where so much of it changed. It was 17-13, Tennessee Titans. The Colts score with about 2 minutes and 50 seconds to go at the end of the third quarter. Naeem Hines, who's one of their new running backs, he's had a great year. Uh, On the subsequent possession, The Titans go three and out and get a punt blocked by the Indianapolis Colts. So, again, if you're scoring at home or if you're by yourself, it goes from 17-13 to 27-17. The Colts drive all the way down the field uh, when they get the ball back again after a terrible punt from the Titans and score. And that, as they say, is that. That was the ballgame. This was Mike Vrabel. Head coach of the Titans on the loss to the Colts.
5: We have to be better. You know, and I'll say that in all areas. So we'll look at what we're doing and, and you know, try to do what's best for
0: the team. Like we always do. We all have you know, jobs to do and we have to try to do them better. Um, I I think when you, when you look, Philip Rivers was good last night. I'm, I'm not, I, I want to make sure that when we discuss Philip Rivers, you, you understand it's like a friend of court. Like, I, I'm a huge Phillip Rivers fan. Okay. I am staunchly in the, he is a Hall of Famer. His career is going to go massively underrated because uh, a couple of playoff, you know, Ladanian Thomason didn't play on a playoff game in which he hurt his knee. Meanwhile, Philip Rivers, same AFC championship game, was playing with a toward ACL. You know, they had the fluky thing when they lost to the Patriots on a 14-win season. Like, they've had a lot of things go against them that are not the fault of Phillip Rivers that didn't allow him to have the postseason success that Eli Manning had. And considering they were taken in the same draft, they're often compared and... You know, I I think he's equally, if not in many ways, a better quarterback than Eli. Eli just had those two Super Bowl championship runs. And I I add to that, that while he is going to become a high school coach, whenever he stops playing football, if he would become a broadcaster, he would be in the Tony Romo variety, or maybe even better, maybe even better, possibly, if he decided to become a broadcaster. So I am... Full Philip Rivers fan. On the other hand, I know as a fan of the Chargers, as somebody who knows people within the Chargers, they had the honest belief that if they had even Tyrod Taylor last year as their starter, if they didn't feel compelled to have to start Philip Rivers, they would have been a playoff team, maybe even a Super Bowl team, because his inefficiency, his turnovers, his lack of mobility hurt them in so many facets. He hurt them, he didn't help them. still to, you know, look. He's. It was described to me that Philip Rivers was always a bad athlete. Then he tore his ACL. Then he got old. And the trend in the NFL isn't necessarily for Lamar Jackson types, but you have to be at least Kyle Allen types, or Josh Allen types, or. Pat Mahomes types where you can run but you can also just Philip Rivers cannot move well enough for a screen pass game let alone uh to run for a first down. Okay, that said, PR was really good last night. But that's not why they won the game. They won the game because of the unspoken team. My, my son was watching the TV today and there was a ad for the Navy Dad, what's the Navy do? It's like, well, the Navy is subs, ships, and airplanes. He's like, wait, the Navy flies airplanes? The Navy and the Air Force fly airplanes. Air Force is is a little different than the, Air Force is different than the Navy, but Navy pilots and Air Force pilots, a little bit of rivalry there. It's like, okay, what does the Army do? It's like, the Army's more kind of ground defense and, you know, they protect our ports. What do the Marines do? Oh, they're the badasses, right? Special teams of the Marines of the NFL, right? First one's in last one's out. They are kind of the unspoken. They, they don't have a, they don't have the service Academy. They don't have the sports team. They don't maybe have necessarily the historic glamor, but, 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 but the Marine, like you don't have the Navy seals. You don't have the army Rangers. Marines are like, we don't need a breakaway class of us. We're all badasses. All of us. Right. Which is what, Special teams. Special teams are crazy people. It's always been crazy people. Guys, it's just this is how I'm going to make it in the league. Is I'm going to be a crazy person on special teams. And the Titans' special teams was a disaster. Between missed field goals, blocked punts, shanked punts, punt coverage, kickoff coverage, it was an abject disaster. And Mike Vrabel smartly bit his tongue and said, "We got to be better in all areas." That's because the unspoken area was the one that let them down. Right. Don't get me wrong, coming off of Veterans Day, Army, you dudes are awesome. Navy, you guys are awesome. Air Force, you guys are awesome. We all know that the Marines always feel slighted. Coast Guard's like, hey, what about us? I got you, Coast Guard. Thanks for keeping us safe. But the Marines, that's it. Those guys are awesome. And the Titans Marines let them down last night. The Titans special teams. And it hid the fact that the Colts still have some issues. Now, I love the fact that they're like short yardage. Let's bring in Jacoby Brissett when we get down to the one yard line. That is kind of the new trend in the NFL. If you have a mobile older quarterback, let's get somebody so we can play 11 on 11 football down when we get super, super close. Makes sense. But like, let's let's not go crazy here. You know, fourth and one, one of the reasons that those athletic quarterbacks are so much harder to stop is because when you have a quarterback who can run, it becomes a different calculus with how you stop it. If your quarterback is Phillip Rivers, it's 10 on 11. If your quarterback is anybody else, it's 11 on 11. And I heard all this. Frank Reich had a tough night, calling plays on fourth and one. Well, it's a lot harder when your quarterback is completely immobile. Like, what are you supposed to do on Phillip Rivers in fourth and one? He's he's slow to get the ball back to hand it off. Let alone you can't not like you can run a boot, not like you can run an RPO. You know? So the Colts won. Phillip Rivers threw for three oh eight and a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett had the two-yard run. Naeem Himes had 115 total yards, two touchdowns. And uh, I thought they did a great job of getting the ball to Michael Pittman Jr., who I got a chance to meet several times here before he left for the Colts during quarantine. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a star. Great, great kid. And T. Y. Hilton, who how long has T. Y. Hilton been with the Colts? Doesn't it feel like there was like Reggie Wayne to T. Y. Hilton? Marvin Harrison to Reggie Wayne to T. Y. Hilton. And I think that started a decade ago, right? So, I mean, but but when the Titans, Trevor Daniel Shanks one, has one blocked, when Steven Goskowski fails to execute. Kostkowski misses a 44-yarder and a 50-yarder earlier in the game, and you had the two bad punts. You can tell me all you want about how the Colts proved me wrong, and Phillip Rivers is awesome, and, hey, I'll give it to I like Phillip, and there are nights in which he has it, and that last night he had it. But three straight drives with disastrous special teams play when it's you're up four and you have a 17-yard shanked punt, which leads to the touchdown, which gives you the lead. A blocked punt, which extends the lead, and a missed 44-yard field goal. Th- that's what. Ha- that's the real story of what happened in the game. The Titans are up four. They're punting. They shank a punt, give up a touchdown. They get the ball back, and they punt, and they have a blocked return for a touchdown. They get the ball back. They march a little bit down the field, and they miss a 44-yard field goal. And that, my friends, is that. So I'm not here to defame Phillip Rivers or the Colts' offense, or the Colts in general. I said yesterday, I've said on Twitter, said for a long time, I think they're a quarterback away, and that's not being disrespectful of Rivers' career, just where Rivers is, is now. But they won that game because the Titans lost the game with their special teams, and the special teams is that, it's we talk about three phases of football, nobody talks, we just assume that your special teams will come through because they're all professionals.
6: good song the johnny carson theme right hey who wrote that skip
7: who do you think it's your buddy hi everyone i'm paul anka
6: and i'm skip bronson
7: and what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies
6: you get our way
8: There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah Yeah Yes inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger "Since You've Been Gone" and Beyoncé's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was
10: 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, was called Mal Evans, who's on And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, What? Sergeant Pepper?
9: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog, here, there, and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I think the Warriors' dynasty... Will ret- I think they got a great shot of it returning. And I also think the Patriots have a great shot at returning. I bring up behind the music because that's what this reminds me of. There's a gentleman named Bob Pittman. I don't know if you guys know, he's actually our boss boss. Like when you do the pyramid where you do the, who's at the top, he's at the top of iHeartMedia. Okay? And iHeart is a gigantic media company. Uh, FM radio stations, obviously concerts, which right now you can't have, award shows, and we're a we're a premier networks. We're a piece of the iHeart family. Bob Mittman is the very top, and he was the creator. He was the guy who came up with this idea back in the day. VH1 Behind the Music, and they are fascinating, fascinating. It's and now they're available. I think in podcast form as well. With the if you download the iHeart Radio app, which you can listen to our show as well, and download our podcast. And the behind the musics are all the same. And then the the last part is all different. Whether you're trying to either get the band back together or reform yourself. It's like the Beach Boys still tour. They're not the same Beach Boys, but they're the Beach Boys. I I look at the Patriots. This is what Bill Belichick said earlier today when he was asked about the team's recent draft picks.
6: The most important thing to me is winning games, and I'm not going to apologize for our record over the last 20 years. I've seen a lot worse. So ultimately, we try to put the best team on the field that we can to be competitive, and I don't really see that changing. So whoever those players are or aren't, that's the responsibility I feel to the team is the competition plays itself out, and the better players play, whoever they are.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, like Kyle Duggar, who was a second-round pick of him, people absolutely love. And I think part of, um, you, know, you know, part of what they've been able to do is they've been, they, they got, a, I think the guard they have is uh, Michael Onwenu, uh, this kid from Michigan, who's playing a ton for them, you know, and you, you go back to previous drafts and everybody points out that Nikhil Harry was bad last year as a rookie. And you see how many rookie wide receivers are having a big impact this year. Harry's been better this year. But it's like we don't give them any credit. Isaiah Wynn was a tackle they took at the 23rd spot, and he's been outstanding. They've drafted well in their interior lines. They just, no team can sustain the number. First of all, they had eight opt-outs. We have no idea what the Patriots would look like if they didn't have those opt-outs. You know, they had in the conversation of the best defense in the league last year. Right. They 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 struggle with Lamar Jackson with that style, but outside of that, they, they the the defense kept them in games. It was the offense and the skill position players, and they drafted well in the line. You know, two of the last three years. And yes, they would be better if they had. Quite honestly, they would be better if they had Tom Brady. I think. <laughs> I don't think any anybody would argue otherwise. But they're right there, they're going to have, I think, the third most cap space in the upcoming offseason. Uh, my guess would be not only will they have their first high draft pick, it's not just that they didn't draft high in the first round. I like, go go back and look. And I know they've traded out of first round picks, but like people want to say, well, oh, well, Nikhil Harry, like, he was the thirty second pick of the draft. Would you rather have DK Metcalf? Sure. Sure. Absolutely, uh, DK Metcalf. But everybody missed on DK Metcalf. Everybody thought he was David Boston. You know, that looked good in the mirror flexing, but was too stiff in the hips. People missed on him. And Nikhil Harry is not as good as DK Metcalf. Now he does have, I think, uh, he, he's having a good, he's having a, a decent year this year with 19 catches already and one touchdown reception, and he's playing in an offense where you don't have a quarterback who's throwing 40, 50 times a game the way that some other guys have him. But when you draft at the bottom of every round of the draft for two decades, yeah, your draft is a little bit harder. You know, the draft is a little bit harder. So I, I look at it and think it's so much better for them to be bad. And the competitiveness of Bill Belichick gets the best of them. They beat the Jets on Monday night and they probably shouldn't have beaten the Jets on Monday night in, in order to help. But they're going to have money to spend. They'll have draft picks, and they've actually drafted pretty well on their interior lines, both offense, and defense, and I don't know what happens with Dante Hightower with Patrick Chung, uh, but when if they return, that's a good defense again. So, I, I what with the era, the Brady era of the dynasty is quite obviously over. But the difference in other dynasties like the Spurs, like the Spurs, Tim Duncan retired, Manu Ginobili retired, Tony Parker retired, and obviously Kawhi Leonard wanting out. But the the thing that's going to hurt the Spurs probably the most is at some point, Greg Popovich is going to retire. You know, what led to the Cowboys' downfall? Yes, the concussions to Michael Irvin, the concussions to Troy Aikman, but also the coaching change where where, where, um, Jimmy Johnson couldn't take it. And so he only won two of the three championships. The coaching, the leadership, absolutely matters. I mean, that's what happened in San Francisco. George Seifert was a really good coach, brilliant guy. He was not Bill Walsh, who's widely considered, along with Bill Parcells, those are the two greatest coaches in before Bill Belichick in the history of modern football. If you have the same coach. If you have the right leadership, if you have the right plan, you can rebuild it. That's what the Warriors are planning on. They had a year to to press reset, but they kept Steve Kerr, and they kept their core, and they'll try and figure out everything else around it. Look, it ain't easy to find another star quarterback. The Dolphins, if Tua's the guy, it's been since 1990 that they've been searching. That is 30 years since Dan Marino. Right. The Bills and Josh Allen, this is the first guy who gives them true hope since Jim Kelly. Again, early 90s. We're talking 25 years. And they were a dynamic offense. It's hard to find a dude. Like, what the Packers have done, most people can't do. I mean, hell, the Bears haven't had, Jim McMahon was, was the, the ego and the personality was big, but he wasn't like an all-time great quarterback. Bears have never had one. N- ever. Go back and look. Bears fans are like, you know, you're right. It sucks. You know, Cutler had freaky talent. Just nobody liked him. That's part of it. Life is a little bit of a popularity contest. You know, the the Vikings have had talented quarterbacks, Randall Cunningham and Dante Culpepper. And, you know, you kind of go, go back through kind of the, the, the list nails, Warren moon. They've had lots of guys that were really good. That. They've always had kind of missing something. Part of it is our arch rival has had this superstar quarterback and they've had good quarterbacks. That's really the the difference in the Vikings and the Packers. So, I I... Dynasties are interesting. And yes, that part of the Patriots dynasty is over. But I... I mean, look, Bill Belichick finds a way to win games. He's found a way to get guys off the scrap heap. He's drafted better outside of wide receiver than he's given credit for. So just to guess, I don't think the dynasty's over. I think this is a pause and a reboot. The The Ravens went through it when, um, when, uh, oh, am I forgetting? He joined us sometimes. At, no, not Bill Belichick. The Ravens. Uh, Brian Billick. Brian Billick, When Brian Billick, they were capped out and they kind of shed that roster after the 2000 team. And the problem was they selected the wrong quarterback and they hadn't been able to kind of get out of it. But leadership in the front office, leadership in the coaching staff, that's what allows you to hang around for a long time. Those great football guys are great football guys and they just kind of figure it out. That's why Ozzie Newsom is the reason that the Ravens were so good for so long. Bill Belichick is the reason, the the biggest reason the Patriots were so good for so long. Yes, and Tom Brady. And I think when that leadership remains, you got a great shot of rebuilding that thing.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
2: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Good song. The Johnny Carson
6: theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
7: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone.
6: I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson.
8: There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career.
10: It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, it was on And uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper?
9: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get
0: your podcasts. So let me get to John Middlecoff, who joins us. Uh, John is a, a degenerate gambler and a former, I'm kidding, well, sort of, uh, former NFL scout, of course, Hosted the 3 and Out podcast and the Heard Podcast Network. Uh, who did you like today in the uh, daily golf? Uh,
5: I, I'm going to go with Dustin. I, I think Dustin is poised to to win the tournament. And degenerate gambler would be strong. A, a, a gambler would be, a, I think, a fair way to Have put it. Have you
0: ever bet on a preseason sporting event?
5: I have not,
0: no. Uh, Women's sporting event?
5: Uh, No.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Wait, when you go go to Vegas, are you somebody who tells yourself, I'm walking away, and all you do is walk back to the ATM?
5: uh, I've gotten a lot better as I've gotten old. I mean, in my 20s, for sure. I mean, now, you know, as you mature in your 30s. $7 to take something out of the ATM? (laughs) Okay, sure, I'll do that. Well, the first time you learn what a uh, what a cash advance from your credit card is, yeah. is usually in your early twenties when you have no money.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you you like you like DJ thoughts on Tiger. He's yesterday he was a picture of consistency. No no bogeys. Uh, right now he's in the sand. It's it, fascinating. Of all the sporting events to watch, of all the people to watch, Tiger Woods with no gallery is probably the most fascinating. Right? Because you always wonder, does it help him? Does it hurt him? Does it help his opponents? Does it hurt other opponents? Because there's nothing like a Tiger Roar. By the way, pretty good out, out, of, that, out of that sand. Uh, he's got a shot for, for par. Um, it, like, when you're watching Tiger, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him live several times, even uh, several times in his peak, like pre-2008. Uh, I'd say Thursday and Friday at an event like this has, that has little to no impact. But like last year, Saturday, Sunday, it has a massive impact. So if he's in the mix, I think Phil Mickelson would be a guy too. I mean, those guys are beloved at this place. And yeah. if they have eight championships between the two of them, uh, it would help them out a lot. And I think it really benefits, and you saw it when Harding Park, the PGA Championship, Morikawa won it. He didn't make the cut, or he's not going to. Is To me, the young guys, there is a pressure. I don't care in what sport you play when you have people looking at you. You know, you can say, oh, there are 10 million people watching. Yeah, but you don't feel it. There's something about the people staring right at you, especially in golf when they are literally right there. And the Masters, you know, I've never been there, but it's got to be an eerie feeling if you're a young player in the mix come Saturday and Sunday and a guy like Tiger's on the prowl.
0: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, let's get to football. Um, look, I thought Philip Rivers played well last night, but that was the, the collapse of the Titans' special team's uh it was it was almost Chargers like right like I mean you got shank punt touchdown block punt touchdown miss field goal touchdown game over I I I don't want to take away from Philip Rivers playing well after all of us you know declaring him dead as a quarterback but the story was the Titans special teams was it not
5: Yeah I I completely agree I mean I I just think the when you look at the two teams the Colts identity of just being a, a, lights out defense and that front seven right there with Tampa, probably the best in the league is just going to translate to every game. So when they're on and then the special teams make plays, as long as Philip doesn't throw a pick, they're going to beat most people they play. I think the problem you see with Indy is like if they win the division and you know, it's, like, they played – I know they won that game. You know, you look at the final score. It, did, it wasn't quite – I wouldn't call it a blowout, really, till the – you know, once special teams kind of took over. I just think their ceiling is so limited because how are they going to score with Phillip, especially if they have to play outdoor games, you know, back past the first round? Uh, because their team – if they had peak Phillip Rivers just like five or six years ago, or hell, just the way he was playing, remember when they upset the Chiefs on that Thursday night? Yeah, two years ago. They, they would be, you know, a legitimate, I think, Super Bowl contender – but I, it's just hard for me to trust him and his arm as the season goes on because I, I, I do think they are – they're definitely better than Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee just has – their secondary's is terrible. Uh, Clowney kind of tries when they're, when they're playing in prime time, but other than that he disappears. They're very dependent on Henry. Like, Henry had a good game. You look at the box score. He had over 100 yards. But 100 yards doesn't do it for them. They need like 170 to be good, right? And in Tannehill, when he's off, they, they really have no chance.
0: I've decided here's what I decided about running back long-term second contracts. it's It's the guy the guy who convinces themselves that they that they did the right thing, giving Christian McCaffrey the money. and I, I thought it was the right thing at the time Same. Um, was is the guy convincing themselves that I have the one car that's not going to depreciate as an asset. Everybody else has cars that depreciate, but not my car. you know I, I bought it I bought it pre-owned. I bought it pre-owned. Some somebody already somebody already drove some of that cost off, and I got a deal on it. I got a demo car, so it's seven thousand less than than sticker. I, I somehow I outsmarted people. When the truth is, everybody knows it. Even Dalvin Cook, as good as he is, like it'll fade too quickly, or he'll get hurt because that's what happens with all of them.
5: I think the hardest part is is when you're living in it, and you've drafted him, and you're around the guy. You go, God, the guy's so good because like their second, third year is kind of sometimes the peak of these guys. NFL lives. The problem is they take so many hits in that position. You know, sometimes either the fourth or the fifth year, you saw it with Zeke, you just fall off a cliff. Now, I think you'd look and go, well, Kamara and Cook are fantastic. And right now, in the moment, that's true, but we've seen Cook be banged up before. Alvin is just a smaller player, so luckily they use him really more in the receiving game than they do as a true between the tackles running back. But if either one of those guys gets hurt over the next 20 games, it's crippling, and especially because you can, their backup can just function to somewhat of a level. We've seen it before with Cook and the kid they have, the backup, uh, the Boise State guy, Madsen. So, I, you know, McCaffrey's already banged up. Zeke's fallen off a cliff. Running back's probably my favorite position beside quarterback. Yeah. I just think it encompasses everything in the sport, blocking. you got to run between, outside the tackles. Now you've got to catch the football. It literally asks everything of a player, so I have nothing but respect for the position but, man, it's just most teams, I'd say basically every team in recent memory has got burned immediately. And, yeah, the, it feels like the moment you sign the contract, the diminishing returns, and the, you lose the value pretty quickly.
0: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, John Middlecoff is our guest. Three and Out is the podcast. L- let me play for you what Lamar Jackson said. So Lamar Jackson was on the Rich Eisen show, right, and – uh, Rich was and, and one of the things I defended Lamar about is generally he said the right thing at every press conference and every interview and and he said this to Rich Eisen take a listen
5: I feel um you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of with schemes you know um we're going against defenses um they call out our plays stuff like that like they know what we're doing so a lot of that you know sometimes you know stuff won't go our way if they beat us to the punch.
4: So you're, you're hearing on the other side of the line of scrimmage, the defense calling out your plays?
6: That's what yeah,
0: you they definitely do like run stuff like that. Or watch out for this, watch out for that. Sometimes that's what's going on. What are your thoughts?
5: I think it is just so much easier as a defensive schemer, if I'm a defensive coordinator, the more and more information is, is historically true, especially with this coordinator, to figure out the run game. Because there are only so many options in the run game, right? You're either running off-tackle left, off-tackle off right. And with them, they run kind of that outside kind of option type play. And you can run it up the middle. Like, you're, you're kind of limited. Once you give it to the running back, you can only do so much. Where if I'm playing Sean Payton or Andy Reid, and it's a very passing game-oriented operation, or Seattle, there are so many different routes. And there are three or four players running those routes. So you might know one guy's route, but you're not going to know everyone. The run game, to me, is easy to predict. I I think what he's saying is kind of honest. We have a running-based offense. I mean, he didn't say that, but we all know it's true. And these guys know our run game. So they go, I I dare you to like, we know what gaps to fill. The more and more information I have on a team that runs, you know, a running-based offense, I'm going to plug those gaps and force you to pass. Because no matter how much I study in the passing game, I'm still going to be pretty much reacting to a lot of the passing game. Look at Andy Reid. He's been quote unquote running the passing game for twenty plus years. He can constant constantly throw different wrinkles in there. What can you really do in the run game, <laughs> right? I mean, there's there's only so well, but, much. But you but, can there, do. but there's
0: there's a couple of different levels to it, okay? And and there's the let's say, the reality of 2020 is. And I I talked to an NFL GM last week, and he's like, look, I think it's way these one of the reasons the rookie quarterbacks are doing better is that you don't have the crowds, right? And a lot of these rookies, like they can, they can hear the calls. They can hear the audibles. You can yell to them from the sidelines. You can coach them better. Like it's the, the assimilation is easier. So I, I, do think that some of, some of what he's saying is just the reality. They've probably always been yelling out what they think he's doing. Now you can just hear it better. But that there is a certain lack of accountability to it, right? Like I, I got to be better. They got, they think they know what we're doing. I got to look to to audibilize and get out of it if I think they know what they're doing. It, it feels like what he's saying is, hey, our scheme is too simple and it's not my fault that we can't be as good an offense as we used to be and Greg Roman's got to figure out how to not be so simple. That's what it feels like to me where he's always said the right thing instead of, hey, I just got to get better. I got to figure it out. We got to get better as a team. Again, I know that's more the cliche thing, but isn't there a little bit of lack of uh, accountability there?
5: Yeah, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. What he should be saying is, my limitations in the passing game limit what we can run on right. offense.
0: Don't you think that Greg Roman would, would run a more diverse passing offense if he thought his quarterback could run a more diverse passing offense?
5: Well, if people forget now, but back in 2013 and definitely 2014, what happened with Kaepernick. they, tried to, go, they yep. tried to go spread, you know, like you would see what the Chiefs do, what the Saints do, you know, four or five wide, and they could not do it.
0: With Kaepernick, right? And,
5: Yeah, and and I think it's fair to say. Now, Lamar, the difference, like, Lamar's probably more accurate than Collins, but he doesn't have as as explosive as an arm, and I just don't think they think he can run that. Plus, his best attribute by far is running around, and this gets back to what probably guys like me and you said two and a half, three years ago, that, like, I just bet against this guy, this type player. Now, in the short term last year, it's like, yeah, he won the MVP, but then what happened in the first round of the playoffs? He got throttled because they take away the run, force him to pass, and every good team and big game he's played lately, they have no shot. And just big picture now, their offense is just regressing. Because even the average defense is now, can, the, the, the run game scheme and the run game film, like once you get 20-plus games of what you're doing, you can only do so much. Like once you hand it to Ingram or Dobbins, he's either going left or right. But if you've got three or four wide receivers – you, it's so much easier to keep him off balance, but the reality is, can, can Lamar do that? Because it would seem like the coaches don't believe he can, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I tend to believe no. Like they would, they're trying to put him in a position to succeed. Um, I don't. Know.
5: And, it, uh, and it's a, it's a Lamar thing now. Like, yes, running quarterbacks like Kyler's running quarterback. They spread it out and throw it around, right? But
0: it, he can it, really. To me, throw. it's a
5: LeBron speci- or it's a Lamar specific thing. Yes, yes.
0: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I used to work at the other place for a long time. Cheerios, I think it's Cornflakes, Which she, I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll look up what the, the expression is. I, they keep trying to run Carson. Like, tell me, Carson Wentz stinks. And I, I did. I, did he play poorly at times early in the season? Yes. I think he's played pretty well, and especially considering who he's playing with. You watch tape differently as a guy who's been in this league. What do you see when you see Carson Wentz right now?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I think people just so live in the moment. I mean, he's had some bad games. He's definitely had some bad moments. I mean, his turnovers, he had a stretch there, I mean, still up until like last week where it was just a little out of control. But part of it was like he's playing with a full line of backups. Every like week it gets tweeted out, all the starters, you know, when when, uh, the season started all crossed out. Into all the backups on the field. I think I heard someone on Coward Show the last couple weeks, the leading, one of the leading receivers in the league since week four is that Fulgham guy. I, I do this for a living. I had never heard of the guy. Well, of course not. He's from Old Dominion. So the guys they were depending on, Alshon, Deshaun, Zach Ertz, these guys have all been injured and not even on the field. Even their running back that they drafted last year in the second round has been injured. Now, does he kind of take on the hero ball syndrome too much? For sure. Sure. But I, but I also think that comes with the territory when you're playing with three or four practice squad guys like that. When I pay you $30 million, sometimes you got to be a hero. And it just hasn't worked, and he's made some poor throws. But sometimes when a guy throws a pick, for us sitting on the couch, we just go, oh, that's quarterback, man. And, and the coach the next day will tell you, well, that that was 100% on the wide receiver. He ran the run. we practiced this. The guy went to the wrong spot. So it, it's easy to say – you know, it's always on the quarterback when that's just not true. I, I also think people just need to take a step back, take a deep breath. Like the the, the majority of the league would take the guy in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, he's just he's a younger quote unquote player. You know, just in terms of experience, he was only a what a two year starter in college. Remember, he got injured, so he didn't even play really that much of a senior year. And then he's had multiple injuries in the pros. That's so kind of limited his time. Like it's not like he's been playing like he's like a ten year starter. I mean, look at Philip Rivers is a good example seven eight years into his career remember he had that terrible stretch like guys have rough stretches for whatever reason sometimes it's on them sometimes it's on their teammates i would not like sell my stock in carson wentz now do i think it's like uh would i put it in concrete the guy's just headed to the hall of fame yeah. probably not yeah but I, I think he can be a really good player in this league still for a while
0: uh, really quickly let me put in your scout hat um dj uaga Lale, the, the the kid from clemson who's the freshman yeah. Like, look, I I love Trevor Lawrence. Everybody says he's the next Andrew Luck, and you and I were texting during a game. Like, are we sure we love Andrew uh, Trevor Lawrence? Then he made a couple throws. Like, okay, my bad. Sorry about that. Middle cough. <laughs> just, just okay. But when when you see DJ play, w- what are your thoughts on him as a prospect?
5: Yeah, I mean, just elite. I mean, I mean, uh, unless something screws up, which I don't see how it's going to happen in that program, he's going to be the number one overall pick you know, in two or three years, whenever he chooses the earliest he can come out, if that's what he so chooses. I mean, he's like, uh, you know, he looks like Big Ben already, and he's 18 years old. His arm is a howitzer, right? I mean, you text me, like, what's up with Trevor Lawrence? Because sometimes his arm, you're like, huh, I don't really see it, and I'm with you. But this guy, when he let it rip, you're like, my God. You know, I mean, this guy is a five. you know, if this guy was a basketball player, he'd be Zion, right, or AD, or just, you know, whoever that guy would be, right? Does does That's his
0: him. does his dad? Because I, I heard this about I heard this uh, about Tua, where you know when you're Hawaiian or when you're Samoan, like those are big bone dudes, right? Big bone dudes. Yeah. Does, does that give you pause at all in terms of what he'll look like when he's 25, 28?
5: Yeah, I mean it has to a little bit because often those guys, especially you know the Polys, the Islanders, tend to play on the lines. So you don't usually see the quarterback, and when you meet Tua, and I know you did it in a Super Bowl, his body type doesn't look like this guy's. He looks much more like a normal guy. Yeah. To me, the DJ one kind of remember that Zion conversation. Yes. Like, is this guy going to be too big? He has a little bit of that. Now I, I do think these guys are so locked in with eating and training in football. It's so regimented, like There is especially you know for six months of the year that. I, you'd feel pretty good about it. I mean, yeah. hell, Big Ben had years when he was. Totally.
0: And Big to Ben play. is a massive guy. And you know who else is bigger than people I think realize like in the hips and just Mahomes, like Mahomes, there's a, a mic'd up. He was mic'd up a couple weeks ago, whatever. And there's yeah. some times in which he's running. And you, if you really look at his body type, you're like, damn, you forget how big a fella he is. I mean, he's a really – I mean, Russell and Kyler are tiny little fellas in comparison. These are giants of men, and I I tend to agree with you. All right, well, we will have some sort of college football to watch, a ton of pro football to watch. Uh, Love the the podcast, and uh, we'll see if your guy DJ puts you in the money. You're not a degenerate. You just – you enjoy the competitiveness of it. Thanks so much for joining us. (laughs)
2: Casino.com. No
1: purchase necessary.
5: We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Good
6: song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you
7: think? It's your buddy. Hi everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
6: And I'm Skip Bronson.
8: There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20
10: years ago today We had a big bear of a man, called Mal Evans, who was on Roddy. and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and Pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper.
9: This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the five for five.
4: I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college, five on 3. three, one, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug
0: Gottlieb.
10: Let's go five.
0: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's start in the pros. We'll back back into our way to college. Fair enough. Okay. Uh. The Washington football team is 1-2 and on the road this season against the spread. Uh, They're 30th in points per game. Now, the Lions are a hard team to figure out. They could not stop the running game of the Minnesota Vikings last week after winning a couple games previous to that. I think the Lions bounce back. I do. You know, Lions last week, they had a lot of questions about, remember Stafford went into COVID protocol. Was he going to play? Was he not going to play? They know who's playing this weekend, barring some sort of late notice. Uh, I like the Lions, even though they're laying four and a half. Did you guys know the Texans are one in seven against the spread this season? That's second worst in the NFL. The Browns actually have the fourth best red zone offense, and Houston defense is 29th in points per game, and the big stat is 25th on third down. Right? Like forget your traditional stats, how many yards you give up. It doesn't matter to people anymore. What matters is how many points do you give up, and what do you do on third down? Can you get off the football field? They're 25th in the league in getting out the football field. Browns at home, running the football, healthy backfield. Give me Browns. The Bills are traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, and, well, Cardinals were good last week. Right? Times. Uh, But I I look at the Cardinals, and I see those flaws on the defensive side of the ball, and it kind of jumps out at me that, I look, This Cardinals team's a a two-and-a-half point favorite. Would I love it? Would I love it if the Cardinals uh, were a three- or three-and-a-half point favorite? Sure, like right? Like, they can win and three and a hook. But remember, the Cardinals lost at home last week to the Dolphins. They needed three interceptions and still had to hold off the Seahawks to win by three. The other wins on the year? Niners, first game of the year. We kind of throw that one out. Washington, Jets, Cowboys. Three of the worst teams in the league. Especially when they played the Cowboys. So, I'm not as bullish on the Cardinals overall. I love Kyler. DeAndre Hopkins. I like parts of that offense, the skill. But I'm not as bullish on the Cardinals as other people are because so many of those wins are against bad teams. The Bills, on the other hand, they're 7-2 on the season. They have a win over the Raiders. They got a win over the Rams. They got also a win over the Seahawks, just like the Cardinals do. They got a win over the Patriots, which doesn't seem like a lot. But remember, the Patriots have been their nemesis in the AFC East. So, I'm a bigger believer there. Did you guys see that Josh Allen's completed 72% of his passes for almost nine yards per attempt during this winning streak? Bills' uh, defense is outstanding third and takeaways. I like the Bills to go on the road straight up get the upset as an underdog. Patriots are taking on the Ravens. Now, this will be interesting because it's the Patriots, second time around, seeing the Lamar Jackson offense last year, he torched him. And I'm concerned about the Patriots' speed on defense versus the Ravens, but I think I'm equally concerned about the Patriots' offense right now. It is, I know they won last week, but they did so uh, with Cam Newton playing, peak Cam Newton having to come. you When you got to come from that many down late to beat the Jets, what are you going to do against the Ravens? Patriots are three and five against the spread, the 28, 28th in points per game. Ravens defense is legit. They're gonna force you to make plays, blitzing, playing man to man, and I just don't think that they have the speed that the Chiefs, for example, had. I I like the Ravens to win and the Ravens to cover. Um I'm gonna just keep I'm keep doing this until ultimately they win a game. Charles the Chargers are two and a half point dogs. They seem to get leads and find inventive ways to lose games. They actually have the 6th best passing offense right now, and Justin Herbert in the last 4 weeks, 13 touchdown passes, over 300 yards passing per game. I think the Dolphins, who just beat the Cardinals on the road, come home and lose at home to the Chargers. No real home field advantage. Uh, you know that piercing sun at Dolphin Stadium on the sideline? I don't know if you guys know. It's like you're like ants under a magnifying glass when you're on the visiting sideline. But the weather's not, now we're in the fall, it actually feels good. It does, It's not like early in the year. And it's the Chargers. I don't think the sun heat affects them. I like the Chargers to win. I like them to beat the Dolphins. I think they're actually a pretty good club. And uh, it's not that I have, I I think, Tua stinks. I just, again, haven't been blown away. I think he's singles and doubles. All right, so you got the Lions, the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens. And yes, I'm going to pick the Chargers to actually win a football game. Let us get to the college game. All right. Uh, disclaimer, who knows that they're going to have, right? Like legitimately think even if they get on the plane, it's not until they land, you know, it's not, not until they land. Um, here's one that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, right? Like Virginia Tech's best player opted out for the season and they've had an up and down year. Whereas Miami, the only time that they looked uh, beatable at all was when Derek King was terrible against Clemson. Did you guys see what Derek King did last week against NC State? Five touchdowns, no interceptions. I just, I think he's the best player on the field. I don't know why they're underdogs. I know I'm supposed to say, "Hey, Vegas knows more than you, Gottlieb," and I generally agree. Vegas does know more than me, but. When you have the best player on the field and he's the quarterback and you're not Clemson to force him into mistakes. Virginia Tech being a two-point dog, I like Miami. There's no fans there in Lane Stadium. I like Miami to win the game. Uh, We've talked a lot about Indiana football. They appear to be the real deal. They beat the hell out of Michigan last week. They've beaten Penn State. They beat Rutgers. Michigan State also beat Michigan, right? So you have the common opponent. Indiana is a, f- a seven and a half point dog. Let's just ride the Indiana wave, right? Let's just ride it. Plus, seven and a half point favorite. Plus, you know, a guy came on my show, so we'll do we'll do that one. We'll, we'll do that. Um, are any of these other games definitely happening? Like, is Wisconsin definitely happening against Michigan? I think so. I think so. And I like Jim Leonard's defense. They're four and a half point favorites. But I got to go to the well and go Michigan circling the wagons at home. Two embarrassing losses in a row. Blown out by Indiana. Beaten at home by Michigan State. I am I think Jim Harbaugh wins this game. They're four and a half point dogs at home. Give me Michigan. Notre Dame taking on Boston College. Uh, the guy who built my house in Canton, Connecticut was actually the kicker when they upset Notre Dame back in 1993. You guys know that? Anyway, this kind of anniversary game. And the big question is, Notre Dame, can they they deal with the success that they had last week beating a Clemson? Now, I don't think this is a classic great Notre Dame team, and I think Boston College is really, really well coached. I'm going to take Boston College to keep it close. They're a 12-point dog. Notre Dame celebrates. A double overtime was a triple overtime win, whatever it was, double overtime win. I'll take I'll take Boston College in that big number. All right? Uh, everything else essentially canceled. But uh, I'm going to go one more here. One more. Northwestern taking on Purdue. Purdue's best player has or best wide receiver has not played so far this year. And yet Purdue, 2-0 and because of it. Northwestern's been the surprise team of the Big Ten at 2-0. But Purdue playing at home. Uh, I think Br- Brom has a good quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. Xander Horvath, 231 yards rushing on this young season. And uh, David Bell. If you haven't seen David Bell play, that dude's a talented, talented wide receiver, 6'2, uh 6'2, 205. I like Purdue to win at home. I know that home field advantage is not supposed to be that big an advantage, but it's pretty obvious I think it will be one. So what do we got? We got Purdue. We got Boston College. We got Michigan. Uh, those are all home teams. We got Indiana as a road favorite winning and covering. And we got Miami as a road dog winning and covering. There's your five for five.
5: Five on three. One, two, three. Five.
4: There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb.
0: Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball. Just
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. plus.
3: I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the
6: Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.